Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. About five years ago, I was working for ACOM, which is the Churches of Christ Bible College, and I was there to write articles uh, about their students and um, a current and former students, some of whom were still studying, some of whom had gone into ministry, and some of whom were quite experienced in working uh, in ministry in local churches. And one of the people that I had the privilege uh, of interviewing and writing a subsequent article about for this e-newsletter was this guy called Andrew Renucci. And he was, uh, he'll tell you a bit more. He's here this morning. We're privileged to have him here. He'll tell you a bit more about himself. But, uh, I interviewed him about what his, um, what his life looked like, what his ministry looked like, what his heart for God looked like. And I thought, I think actually, Andrew, you're my favorite person to interview and write about. And, um, and so then, uh, when we, um, when God sent him back into our life here at Northside, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I interviewed this guy five years ago and now I have the privilege to get to work alongside him. So, uh, would you welcome Andrew up here this morning? Hello, welcome. You've got your mic on there already, so I'll just hold on to this one. I think it's working, yeah? Are we on? We're on? We're good. Well, welcome. It's Thank great you. to have you here with us. Lovely to be here. Uh, so if you don't know, Andrew is going to be our campus pastor up at Taramara uh, for our new campus up there. Uh, would you like, I'll, I'll let you preach in a second, but uh, by way of introduction, would you sure. like to tell us a little bit about who you are, your background in ministry uh, and so on? Sure. Thank you. Well, it's very uh, humbling to be here. It's, um, I've been to this building numerous times, but I haven't managed to be a part of a service, so it's lovely to be just worshipping with you. Um, well, my story, I guess, is um, I've only been part of two churches in 40 years. Um, I um, was uh, invited to go to Boys Brigade when I was 10 years old at North Taramara, when I was attending Pimble Public School. And uh, as a result of going to Boys Brigade, I ended up going to the youth group, becoming a Christian at North Taramara. And then 14 years later, when I was 24, I, um, after going through ACOM, I went to the Central Coast to, um, to plant a church and was there for 26 years. And funnily enough, um, once it was time to uh, hand on to my successor, um, I got a call from North Tamara again saying, could you come back and consult? So I'm still only part of two churches. <laughs> it's amazing. Very cool. And I'm married to Carol. Uh, Carol and I have been married for 25 years and we have three daughters, Ruby's. 20, Olivia will be turning 18 next week, and then Lucy is 13. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Well, we're looking forward to hearing you preach, hearing you share God's word this morning, getting to know you you a bit better. Um, I might pray for you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Father, we thank you uh, for our brother Andrew. Thank you for sending him into our lives here. God, I want to ask that you would bless him as he brings uh, your word to us this morning. Give us open ears, give us open hearts, God, uh, and bless him as he shares with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, here we're in the middle of a series called Disruptable. Is that correct? Disruptable. It's an interesting word. It challenges me to think about, am I disruptable? How disruptable am I? How, how open am I to change? How open am I personally to change? How much am I willing to embrace change in, in other areas of my life? And so I thought this morning it might be good just to explore change. You know, what does it mean to be disruptable? What does it mean for us to, to embrace change within the context of worship, worshipping a God who is unchanging? And I think there's a real contrast there between understanding that we worship a God who is unchanging, yet we see in him a God who is very much willing to embrace change time and again. 
So um, that's what I've titled my message this morning. On, a, on most Saturday mornings, you'll find, you'll find me out on the water kayaking. Um, uh, I love kayaking. I love just being on the water and paddling. I've got a few friends that we've been paddling together for about 15 years. Every Saturday morning, 7am, we meet and we, and we throw our kayaks on, on the water. And it's very few Saturdays that we don't do it, even if it's slightly raining or even yesterday was, was pretty windy. We still got out there and we just love being out in nature and experiencing um, just the fun of camaraderie of getting out paddling around Broken Bay and Lion Island and uh, we'll always stop for a coffee somewhere. There's, there's usually a cafe involved. Uh, sometimes it's Pearl Beach Cafe, sometimes it's Boxhead Cafe, sometimes it's a cafe at Woi Woi. It just depends on the wind and the weather and the tides and so forth. I love getting out on the water. Um, the picture that I've got there is a picture of the Hawkesbury River. And a few years ago, I decided I would enter into the Hawkesbury Classic. Has anyone ever heard of the Hawkesbury Classic? A few of us. It's a, it's a kayaking race uh, of sorts. Um, there's a few people that actually race for series. Most, most people go into it just to test themselves. Um, and we left Windsor uh, at 4pm in the afternoon and you finish at, at Brooklyn um, um, any time that you finish. Usually, the next, <laughs> usually the next, there's a cut-off at midday the next day. Um, so it's 111 kilometres uh, that winds its way you know, from Windsor through to Brooklyn. And it was an interesting, interesting paddle because, you see, I'd never paddled at night before and you're not allowed to have a head torch or any sort of light. You've got to just paddle by the starlight. In fact, the moon didn't rise till about 1am, so it was purely just the stars and fortunately there were no clouds, so there actually was amazingly, you know, decent light, sort of, sort of decent light. Um, but what they did give you was a... a um, a glow stick. So you had a glow stick at the front of your kayak and a glow stick at the back of your kayak, and that was all you were allowed to have. And so you start paddling off into the darkness, and what you notice is that there's kayaks in front of you with little glow sticks. So you end up all in a big long line because everyone goes different speeds. Some of us are in single kayaks, others were in doubles or triples or those big eight, ten person Hawaiian ones. Um, and so you'd be following these lines of glow sticks, which was just quite incredible. But then sometimes you'd come to like a bend like this and all of a sudden there's no glow sticks anymore. You're thinking, where, where am I going? And so you, you've worked out that all of a sudden there's probably going to be a fairly sharp corner coming up, but you're not quite sure where the corner is. Um, sometimes you work it out because you've ended up in the mangroves. Um, <laughs> so you, you sort of... You, you back out of the mangroves and, and you, you work out where the, where the river goes, you know. But it, it bends um, an incredible amount. In fact, it's probably only about 30 kilometres as the crow flies from Windsor to Brooklyn. But it takes 111 kilometres for the river to get there. So it just shows you how, how much it winds around. And I guess it, it's sort of, as I've been thinking about this and the theme for today, which is, uh, you know, an unchanging God who embraces change... You know, water has been unchanging ever since God created it. Its, it's chemistry is H2O and we know that water is water is water, unchanging. In the same way that God's character is unchanging. But water flows through the landscape, creating all sorts of change. You know, a tree will fall over and all of a sudden the eddy appears and then, and then a bank develops and then the river you know, moves around to the left and goes around here, creates an island in a river and then goes around a bit further. And I mean, rivers are forever changing their courses. 
But the flow of water itself, the chemistry, never changes. You know, I love the fact that we worship an unchanging God, a God who doesn't change in his character, but the way that he flows through the landscape of our lives and of our world is forever changing. Sometimes it's because of events occur uh, that, that cause that change. Sometimes it's just the natural growth of us as individuals that allows us to embrace change. So let's first up look at how God is unchanging from Scripture. Every good and perfect gift, says James, is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I don't know about you, but I'm really comforted in knowing that. In knowing that God's character simply doesn't change like shifting shadows. That every day we are welcomed by his good and perfect gifts. Just like Emily was talking about spring and the flowers. Every day the sun rises up and, and bathes the earth and, and, and you know, all, the, all the different plants grow and, and oxygenate the, the earth. Every good and perfect gift is from God who does not change. And then we also read in Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. See, we worship a God who is incredibly stable in who he is, in his character. And we all know that stability leads to security. I mean, we love stability in the financial markets because it leads to security. We love stability when it comes to our occupations because it leads to security. Children that grow up in a stable home feel secure. I love the fact that in the kingdom of God, We worship a God who is incredibly stable, that he doesn't change like shifting shadows, that he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And no matter what change is living for us personally, individually as a church, that we worship a God who is unchanging, no matter what our circumstances look like. And for some here this morning, there could be some circumstances that, that are looming for you, that you're looking ahead and you can see some change that's going to have to happen for you personally in your life. And you're not quite sure how you're going to embrace that change and what it's going to look like. Can I just encourage you that no matter what change that God brings along for us, that he himself is unchanging, that his love for you and his character and his desire for you is completely unchanging and that we can, we can develop great security um, by knowing that truth. We worship a God who is unchanging, yet God continually embraces change. See, Isaiah in this passage that was read out for us, tells, to, you know, he's telling the people that um, they're about to go into exile that God is going to do marvellous things into the future. We'll just go to the next slide if we can. God is going to do marvellous things into the future. He's looking back, but he's also... Looking forward. Now, the first time that I came to Northside was about 1988. So, what's that? About, about 30 years ago, I guess. Um, I was, um, I was, 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 I was very young. I was very young back then. Um, I've been out of school for a couple of years, and uh, I was toying with the idea of going to Bible college, just toying with it. And Keith Farmer ran Introduction to Pastoral Care 
as an evening course every like Wednesday night for like 10 or 12 weeks. Now, was anyone part of that course in 1988? You're kidding. There you go. Do I look the same? No. <laughs> I've had more hair. My head was like the other way around. <laughs> um, and, um, and it was an amazing place to come and, and be part of Northside back then and seeing the, the, the building that Jay had you know, organised with, uh, with the church and the elders and the, the, the culmination of, the, of the, the, the three, I think, churches that came together, eventually, I think, four. Um, amazing time. I remember Graham Agnew... Um, invited me to come and speak at a fundraising um, night when you were meeting in the, the other industrial property that you had whilst this was a big hole in the ground. Um, and just hearing the story of, of, uh, of what's happening at Northside, um, I remember looking into the big, big deep hole when we were here once for senior ministers. Uh, uh, Graham had hosted it and we were all here looking at the... And I remember coming back when it was firstly built and going up the, up the building and Graham showing us right through the facility when it was first brand new. And just the story of change has been quite amazing over the last... How many years exactly has the, has the church existed? 30, 33 years. There we go. You know, God is... Is unchanging, yet God continues to embrace change. And as a congregation, you've continued to embrace change. But what I love about God is that he's never, he's never happy with just where we're at. He loves to do amazing and wonderful things, but he's always looking to the future. At, at what, else, what else can we do? What other exciting opportunities are there for Northside into the future? You know, your, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front. That's God's perspective. It always has been God's perspective right from the beginning. So he talks about the past, but then he looks to the future. Don't dwell on the past, he tells us. Look to the future. God has always embraced change. I started to think about other elements in Scripture where we see God embracing change. And I guess one of the obvious ones for me was in the area of worship. Think about how worship has changed over the thousands of years. You know, early on, God, God had an idea of um, a tabernacle. You know, so Moses developed this tabernacle, this moving tent of, of meeting that would move with Israel. And then, and then Israel sort of got settled in the promised land and it was a, a temple, an elaborate temple. And, and then well, the temple was destroyed and then Israel was into exile. So there was other ways and forms of worship while they were in exile. And then they came back and there was a... Another temple that was built, but it was sort of less elaborate, very functional. And then eventually that was destroyed again. And, and then Jesus comes along. What does Jesus say about worship? He said, um, Yet a time is coming and it has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit. And in truth, they're the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. So we go from, from, a, from a tabernacle to a temple to, to Spirit and truth. We just see God changing his approach to worship. Now, it's the same thing. We're still worshipping God, but there was just different means and different approaches. See, God is an unchanging God, but he just loves to embrace change according to the landscape of what's happening in the world. Think about how, how much the world has changed in the last 100 years. It's changed radically. Now, we're worshipping the same God, right? But, I mean, 100 years ago, we wouldn't have thought about listening to a sermon on a podcast. You know, but, but God uses and embraces change just like a river continues to flow in different ways 
because he's the same God who wants to meet with us in the same way, but he's not, he's not afraid of, of different approaches and different ways. So how can we be an individual or a church who embraces change? What, what postures do, you, do we need to have? Because if we, if we don't want to embrace change, if we fear change, then I think we're also going to stagnate personally and as a church. I think, I think growth and change go together. So how can we make sure that we keep, we keep growing as individuals, that we keep growing in our relationship with God, that we keep, that we keep um, um, on, the, on the front edge of, ex, of expanding the church and the kingdom of God? Well, there's a few postures that I think this passage talks about. And the first one is that we need to value the past. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. And then later on he says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. When I read this in preparation for this sermon, I was reading those two sort of highlighted in bold uh, verses and I thought, God, aren't you contradicting yourself here? In one minute you're saying that... um, you're talking about the past. He made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Talking about you know Israel coming um, coming out of Egypt and you know the the the, the Red the, the Red Sea being parted. But then he talks about forgetting the former things. Why are you contradicting yourself, God? And the more I sat with it, I realised that actually he's not contradicting himself. You see, he's telling narratives. He's telling stories of the past. There's a big difference between valuing the past. And dwelling on the past. That's what I've recognised. You see, we can, we can dwell on the past or we can value the past. One will lead you on a journey of change and one won't. You see, if we value the past, we, we tell the stories of the past. We see God continually telling stories about the Exodus. See, narratives of the past help us remember the ways that God has worked it reminds us of his character and, and who he is and his personhood and the fact that he's unchanging, that if he, can, if he can work so powerfully in the past, that he's the same God who will work in, that, in, in the same powerful ways in the future. But you see, if we dwell on the past, we will camp there. See, if, we, if we're heading in this direction, valuing the past is almost like looking over your shoulder as you're walking into your future. And just remembering, telling the stories to yourself, um, recognising how God has worked. But dwelling on the past is almost like you're walking this way. Your, your whole posture is turned towards the past. It's almost like wishing, wishing that you could go back to the past. You know, our, our best days were behind us. And if only we could go back to that, that, those days and what God did then. And it's like, it's like you're still living in the past, wishing that back. And that's what God is saying here. Look. If, if, you're, if, you're, if your posture is turned like that, he's saying, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Don't camp there. Um, keep moving forward by, by looking towards what is ahead. But I think it's important for us to, to, embrace, to embrace change. We need to be able to value the past. Tell stories of the past. Remember the ways that God has worked. And then... Focus on what's important. Verse 20 and 21, Isaiah says, 
The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Now, we live in a world of distractions. And uh, it's easy to take our eyes off what's important. Now, last year I was teaching Olivia, our middle daughter, how to drive. And um, so far I've got two out of three. <laughs> One more to go when Lucy gets there. It's, uh, it's a bit of a journey, isn't it? There's 120 hours. Um, it can become quite tedious. Um, and I remember teaching Olivia and also her older sister Ruby to drive and just reminding them all the time of what's important. You know, keep your eyes on the road. Stop fiddling with the radio. Don't worry about getting your music organised through your, through, um, what do they use now? Oh, it's always changing. Um, you don't even have, like you used to have like records, then tapes, and then CDs, and then a pod, iPod, and now it's like, help me here, come on, come on, help me here. <laughs> Just a little bit. Spotify. So they've got their Spotify playlists. And it's, it's, it, it's hard to keep up sometimes. But it's like you can easily get distracted when you're driving by trying to get your Spotify playlist up, up, uploaded, you know, or, or um, you know, get, get things organised in the car. It's like keep your eyes on the road, stay focused. And I think it's important for us when we embrace change that we just stay focused on what's really important. Sometimes the biggest distraction to us embracing change is by getting, getting hooked up on things that just aren't really that important. We think they're important, but they're actually not. You know, what, what God says here is that even the animals know what's important. You know, they honour me. The wild animals honour me. That's what's important, that we, that we honour God, that we love him, that we honour him, and that we worship him. The people I've formed for myself, they may proclaim my praise. You know, what's really important? In the kingdom of God, what's really important? What's really important is that we honour God, that we love him, that we worship him. And all the rest is really not that important. And so if we embrace change, we'll be embracing change with what's important right in front of us. That that will be our focus. And that we won't get caught up with, with things that will distract us. Sometimes the kingdom of God is, is held back because of distractions. But if we can keep our eyes on what's important, I believe that will really help. And that's been the wonderful journey with North Tamara over these last um, six months. Just seeing the whole congregation wrestle with change and embracing change and just working out, well, what's, what's really important here? And it's so heartening to see that, you know, the, the large majority, like 90% of the congregation voted yes towards this move with Northside because they've kept what's important in front of them, that, that we continue to be a community here that worships and serves and honours God. And that's the most important. The fact that our name will change and that our service style will change and that the layouts of things will change and that our ministries will change and that, you know, there'll be lost so much change that this congregation will, will be experiencing over these next months and years. But what I love about the people there is that they've kept what's important central. And without that, this decision never would have been made. So how often do, the, do the, the unimportant things derail us in our own personal lives when it comes to change? How often does God want to do something really important in our life, but what stops us from stepping into it is 
is some side issue that, if we put into perspective, really isn't that important. Sadly, I see too many churches who make those things too important. And the third thing is be willing to take risks. Value the past, focus on what's important, and be willing to take risks. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is on about doing new things. He just loves to do new things. He's a creative God. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, sometimes I'll admit that I just simply don't perceive what God is doing. Sometimes I miss out on, on the new work that God wants to do in my life because I'm just not perceptive enough. So the word perceive is an interesting one there. To sense, to recognise, to distinguish, to notice. Do we perceive when God is wanting to do something new in our life? Do we perceive it? Do we notice it? Can we distinguish it? You know, I think one of the primary roles of a leader is to be the, the first person who perceives that change needs to occur. The first person who starts to notice, to distinguish what God is doing and then brings that to a community. People miss out on, on what God wants to do in, in their life because they're just unable to perceive. And when we do perceive, it takes some courage to then step into it. I mean, every, every change that we make takes, takes courage. There's always risk involved with change. There's enormous risk involved for North Tamara to embrace this change, to, to lay down, really, um, their, their desires and say, we're going to become Northside, and Northside's eldership are now going to be our eldership. Their vision, mission, values, culture are going to be our culture. That's an enormous um, risk to take, if you like. But what I, what I love about the community is that they, were, that they could see what God was doing. They, they perceived the new thing that God was doing. As I mentioned, you know, I was uh, on the Central Coast for 26 years, um, since 992. Um, some of you might remember a guy called Ron Hewitt. Does that name ring, mean anything to anyone? Ron Hewitt was like the CEO of Churches of Christ back in the 90s. And uh, back then they had, they had some money left over from, um, what was it? I think it was some coal mining rights at Samuel Tops. And so they decided to put it into church planting. And so three of us received a church planting grant to go and plant a church. So I was one of those recipients through Ron Hewitt's encouragement and an organisation. And I just had a, I've been having a wonderful time on the Central Coast. Uh, establishing a church. We started a school in 2000. Um, you know, we have 11 acres at Bensville, and then we have three acres up at Tumby where a second campus, um, uh, uh, another amalgamation uh, had occurred with another church, and then we, then we purchased the facilities up there and so forth. And there's all these exciting things that have been happening over the years, but see, last year I started to perceive that God was doing something, that a change was imminent. And in fact, I was 
starting to get a little bit nervous about this change. I'm like, but God, this is, this is my dream to be a pastor of a local church and I've, I've loved my community. Um, and, you know, Carol, my wife, is alongside me in, in ministry and we have a wonderful team of a dozen people. But I started to perceive and sense that God was wanting to do something different with my life. And initially I started to resist change um, because sometimes change is pretty uncomfortable. But the more I prayed and the more I sought God, the more I realised that the, my, my friend Kevin, who I'd been um, mentoring to be my successor at some point, he was, he was ready to go. Um, and I realised that, in fact, this is the time. It's funny how you never really think, you think, you think you'll be ready when the time comes, but when the time comes, you're not ready. Um, yeah, so I, I perceived that it was time to, to relinquish that role and to be ready to step into something new. But there was all these, all these questions that I had. But in the end, it was, you know, do you trust me? That's what God said to me. Do you trust me? And I'm like, yes, I trust you. I've always trusted you. From the moment I came up here from Sydney, um, I trusted you. And um, I don't think we can embrace change without being willing to trust him, without being willing to, to take some risks. And certainly for this new season for, for Northside, it's, it's, it's a time of change. It's a time of taking some risks to be one church in two locations. Uh, I mean, takes, it's, it's a great opportunity for the ministry expansion of Northside to expand such a healthy vision and mission and values and culture across two sites and to see the kingdom expand here in Sydney. Um, it's wonderful opportunities, but it also, there's some risks involved as well. And with any change, we need to be willing to embrace risks. So I guess the postures that I'd like to encourage us with, not only as a church, but also personally, as we, as we seek to embrace change or, or develop a posture that is willing to embrace change is let's value the past. Let's remember and tell stories and, uh, about the ways that God has worked. Let's focus on what's really important. Let's keep our eyes focused on there and let's not get distracted with the issues that, that are on the side. And then let's be willing to to take risks. Let's be willing to step in to something that actually requires faith, that really requires us to trust beyond what we've trusted before. And I think if we embrace these three postures, a bit like Isaiah is encouraging Israel, let's, let's keep moving forward because your best days uh, are in front of you. Let's pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.